we are on the book of Galatians, those of you that have been following, um, we are basically two weeks away from finishing. I, I am on the last chapter, chapter 6, and then Steve finishes the end of chapter 6 um, next week. So I'm going to go straight into this. Uh, there is quite a bit to, to actually run through, amazing in five verses, what the Lord can say. So... Um, I've headed it, God will not be mocked, for the very reason that the world we're living in right now, a lot of people are kind of scoffing at God and going like, where is God? And you know what? He will not be mocked. His word stands, it has always been, it will not change, and there are still prophecies that are to come, and those that have already been done but he does not change and neither does his word. So we can stand secure in knowing that our God, no matter what the world says, he is not mocked. So let's go to Galatians 6 in your Bibles um, from verse 6 to 10. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Beautiful, okay? A lot, <laughs> a lot in there, but beautiful. So I'm going to start with, with verse 6. It says, Let him who is taught the word of God share in all good things with him who teaches. So Paul's got this where he says it in a few of the books that he's written, that if you give spiritually, people should give materially back. So let's go to the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy 5, 17. It says, let the elders who rule, another word you can use there is lead, so let the elders who lead well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. So in other words, those who teach and preach, that's laboring in the word, okay? For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, Taken from the book of Deuteronomy, Paul's quoting from the book of Deuteronomy when he quotes that. It's actually a beautiful scripture because it's got three in one. And then he quotes what Jesus said, the laborer is worthy of his wages. And basically when we preach the word and people listen and they take, they become partakers, they become shareholders in the word of God. Okay? You then are equipped while we are equipping. But God is saying to them, you should, you should give back materially. We're going to go again to Romans 15. <clears throat> and again, he, he says pretty much the same thing. He says, um, at present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. Sorry, that's Romans 15, 25 to 27. So at present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem, for they were pleased to do it. They were pleased to, to, to take an offering for them. It says, and indeed, 
they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles had come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in their material blessings. It's beautiful that Paul is not afraid to talk about finances. In fact, there's a lot of places he speaks about finances. He talks about um, widows, about widows receiving help. He talks about orphans, about orphans receiving help. But he doesn't cut past the fact that there is that need in the church that needs to be filled. We're not a people. We are not a people that are just takers, 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 takers. Jesus Christ gave his all for us. He laid down his life for us. And from that, we can learn that we are supposed to be givers. We're supposed to be sacrificial with our life, with our time, with our money, with everything we do. We've got to ask ourselves the question, is what I am doing with my time, is what I am doing with my money, does it have eternal value? Does it have eternal value? And if it's a challenge, then we need to relook. What are we doing with those things? Okay, let's move on. Galatians 6 verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this and this only he will reap. The word mocked, um, the Amplified says he will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. You say you become accountable. God makes you accountable when he gives you his word to be responsible with the freedom that he's given you. To be responsible with the freedom that he's given you. To not misuse it to not mislead people. You know, he says here, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. There are things that people are deceived by in this world. And who is the deceiver? Who's the deceiver? Satan. And he is deceiving people. The Bible says he's on the prowl, looking who he can devour. Right from the book of Genesis, when God said there will be enmity between the snake, and and the woman. Since then, he has not stopped attacking man. He's not stopped attacking God's people because he knows even you, you are of that offspring, that seed of Jesus. You are his lookalike. You are his representation on the earth. And when you live and you move and you have your being in him, as he is, so are you in this world. We carry that authority. When we walk into places, we are atmosphere changers. If you are not an atmosphere changer, then I love what, and, and I don't even remember the guy's name, and I hate doing this because it's, this is not me saying it. It was an amazing evangelist. said, he was asked the question, what, is, what does revival look like? And he said, Take a circle, draw it around yourself, and then pray this prayer. God, revive everything in this circle. Revive me, Lord. Help me to know 
the responsibility of this gospel that you've placed inside of me. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advanced, forcefully advancing, and the violent take hold of it. That's not violence with hammers and and guns and whatever. That's violence and like I will not turn back. I am not afraid. I am courageous. I'm a child of God. I am anointed. I have been appointed for a time like this to take the gospel, to set the captives free, to break, to break the chains that hold people. And there are chains that hold people. But you need to get that conviction. It doesn't help me to have it. It doesn't help a few of us. The church has to wake up. We really need to wake up and realize what we've been called to. What we've been called to. The next scripture I'm going to read is going to shake some people, and it's not a scripture, and, I'm, and when I say this, the Lord knows my heart in this. I wrestled with this because I know that being involved with farming God's way has opened up my eyes immensely to the problems out in the world, specifically South Africa and Africa. And I felt I need to read the scripture to you, and I need to give you a little bit of a background. What is our problem? What are we, what, are, what is this giant? Steve put something on, we're going to eat the giant. We're going to, the Lord says, <laughs> he will set a table in front of us in the presence of our enemy. We're going to sit and we're going to eat at his table. While all of this is going on around us, be at the feet of Jesus. Be at the feet of Jesus. Let him feed you. Let him prepare you. Let him be the one that gets you ready to go out there and make a change in the world. Because unless you've been at his feet, unless you know him, really know him, because he says, my sheep, they hear my voice. My sheep know me. My sheep know me. I watched a clip the other day, and they showed a shepherd, and he had five different people call the sheep. Come sheep, come sheep, come sheep. Sheep didn't respond. You see the little sheep all eating, eating, eating. Come sheep, come sheep, come sheep. And you must go and Google this. It's beautiful. Eventually, the shepherd comes, and he goes, come sheep, come sheep, come And the sheep all lift their heads up and you hear little bells going and the sheep come running. And I'm like, Jesus, let us be like that. Let us hear your voice and come running and say, Father, use me. Use me. Use me. Send me. Anoint my lips. Put fire in me that I will never grow cold that I will never grow weary. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 8, 19 to 22. I've taken it from the Amplified. I love the way it just expands it a little bit to help us see things. When the people, instead of trusting God, say to you, consult the mediums who try to talk to the dead, And the soothsayers, the fortune tellers who chirp and whisper and mutter, should not a people consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? Direct those people to the law and to the testimony. What is the law and the testimony? The word of God. Direct those people 
You see, unless you know this word, you won't know where, where to direct them. Okay? We need to know these scriptures. Direct them to the law and to the testimony. If their teachings are not in accord with this word, so if they don't line up with this word, the word of God, it is because they have no dawn. They who consult mediums, ancestors, goats, familiar ghosts, familiar spirits, and fortune tellers will pass through the land deeply distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will become enraged and will curse their king and their God as they look upward. Then they will look to the earth and they will see distress and darkness and gloom of anguish and they will be driven away into darkness and overwhelming night. I took an article from um, a student who had written a thesis from the Pretoria University called um, Muti Rituals and Biblical Portrayal of Child Sacrifices. And this is just a short clip that I just wanted to quote from Petrus 2008. It says, according to Petrus, Muti murder, unlike psychic witchcraft, provides police and courts with more physical evidence of the crime, and there is clear evidence in most cases of evil or harmful intent. Owing to this intent, in, Africa, in African communities, muti murder is associated with sorcery, the kind of witchcraft that involves the use of medicines to cause harm. It is based on the belief that radical medicines made from a mixture of herbs and human body parts are more potent than those made from animals and plants. People from across the province go and consult Muti men that practice this and spend thousands, thousands of rands to find love or to find a job. Or, and you ask yourself the question, why is our country the way it is? This is, this is an African problem. Malawi have a mountain that they don't even look at that they make child sacrifices to. Zimbabwe, you name them, Rwanda, killing off, an, what's it, a, a million Tutsis in one, just two nations going against each other, bloodshed after bloodshed after bloodshed, and God says the, the ground cries out with their blood. But the curse, the curse is hungry and wandering around. Look around you. What do you see in the streets? What do you see when you drive up to East London that way? Hungry. And if you know anything about the last looting and what we've gone through and everything, our biggest challenge for farming God's way at the moment is to try and get people to make little gardens that every little household will have a little garden because food is on the lips of everybody. There is a shortage of food. Steve and I went under the bridge the other day and we were looking for somebody, this bridge right here. And as we were walking back, I noticed... Um, They've got like a little table there. And there was a girl sitting on the table. And I was there a week ago, and the girl was sitting on the table, the same girl. And I thought, what do these kids do all day? So I walked up, and I started speaking to them. And there were three of them sitting there. And one was a young boy, not, 
maybe 21, 22. And he looked at me and he said to me, um, you Christians, he says, I want to ask you a question. Do you believe in your ancestors? Do you, do you preach to your ancestors? And I looked at him and I said to him, no, I don't. And he said, you see, that's the problem. And he went boom like this and closed up like the cross with me. And I, I looked at him and I put my hands on his legs like this. And I spoke to him about Isaiah. And I said, my boy, you've got to just wake up a little bit. What can dead man's bones do for you? So this is not my word. This is the word of God. You will be hungry and you will be wondrous in the earth. See, if we don't know this as the, as the children of God, if we don't know why our situation is the way it is, we won't know how to pray, okay? So I'm helping you, and we need to understand these things. We need to be praying for these things. Witchcraft is huge in our country, and too many of them worship God and worship witchcraft. God and. There is only one way, one way to the Father, and that is through the Son, and that is through Jesus Christ. And his blood is the only sacrifice that was made to cover every sin, past, present, and future. There is no need for more sacrifices. There is no need for skinning of, of, of cows and goats and chickens. There is no need. Jesus has paid that price. He is our redeemer. And until they understand that, they will be trapped and deceived. Deceived. Guys, this is serious. In, in Romans 1, it says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven. See, God has shown us everything. This is what this word says. The wrath of God has been revealed from heaven against all the godless and the wicked of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. No one will be able to stand in front of God and say, I didn't know. And you will have to stand before him one day. But there is, we, we, we cry, clay. When we stand before him, we know the only reason I'm standing there is because Jesus, Jesus, God sees Jesus when he sees me. He paid that price for me. I can do nothing. I can go and tuck myself into bed and do nothing. But that's not what he's called me to. He's called me to good works. He's called me to make a change. He's called me to be involved with my community. I love this nation, and I know God called me to this nation. And I refuse to bow my knee to fear. I will not be afraid of what man can do to me. 
the young people on Farming God's Way, when we speak to them and we ask them, they know this truth, they see it. Their concern is that they go, what do they do? They go back to their, their, their elders. And there's a lot of respect in the Zulu nation, beautiful respect. I think us, we can learn from us, a lot of respect. But so much, so re- too much respect where they're placing their fear on what their elders will say. Their elders will not respect them. Their elders will not listen to them. And, and my take to them is, guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego laid down their lives. These were, these were courageous men. Daniel, thrown into the lion's den. Courageous men. We are supposed to be a courageous people. So what if your family turn your back, their back on you? You know what? The truth, they might be angry. They might say things to you. They might disown you for a time. But God is a redeemer. He loves your family. And if you don't speak to them, who is going to speak to them? We need to open up our mouths. We need to speak to to those we love. We need to speak to our people. The last book of the Bible, Revelation, the last chapter of the Bible says this, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments. Blessed are you who do his commandments. They, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs. Outside are dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. That, that word, dogs, I am... I was like, when I first read it, I was like, well, who's God calling a dog? Because this is his word, okay? And it's a religious corrupter, a religious corrupter. You don't have to be, just listen to the news, listen to the things that have happened in the last couple of years. How many men of God have fallen? So many. God will not be mocked. And in James, it actually says, James says to the people, I actually don't wish that many of you would become teachers because teachers will be judged harsher and will be accountable. Judgment starts in the house of God. Correction starts here in the house of God. And you know what? I've seen churches fall. And, and some that are very close to my heart and have made an impact in my life. And I've cried before God for mercy for them. Because God loves them. Men and women that have laid down their life for the kingdom and have allowed the enemy to come in and bring deception. You know, we need to understand that our pastors and those that are in leadership the enemy seems to attack them because he knows if he can get to them, it will scatter the sheep. And we need to pray 
We need to pray for our leaders at this time. We need to pray for shepherds to be bold and to be courageous, to speak the truth in love. There are too many that are up there worrying about their finances, worrying about their own house and their own situation. There are some churches I've gone into where a pastor's almost treated like a god. If he drops something and drops his tissue, someone runs and picks his tissue up and then gives it to him, carries all his things for him, puts them in the car for him. It's like these men are not anything bigger than you. They are men. Too many people, too many people coming to church with no Bibles. Now, we might say, okay, well, we've got cell phones. But you know what? A lot of those churches, a lot of them don't come to church with Bibles. And so they're trusting the person up on the stage to bring the undiluted gospel of Jesus Christ, and they're not bringing it. It's so offensive to God, so offensive to God, that he calls them dogs. This is a very, very serious, very serious thing for the Lord. And he speaks about this, and he warns us, and he warns us over and over and over and over again in the Word so many times. Do not live by the flesh, for the flesh leads to corruption, but be led by the Spirit, for the Spirit leads to eternal life. Eternal life. He says, we will eat of the tree of life, guys, forever and ever and ever in his presence. Heaven is a wonderful place. We sing it. Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I'm going to see my Savior's face because heaven is a wonderful place. I want to go there. Hey. We have no idea, no idea what awaits us, but it's going to be amazing. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be wild. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. But until then, we have a duty here right now to make a difference in this world. Galatians 6, verse 9. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. It's tough, especially going through things the last couple of years, and I know people are praying and saying, God, when, when, when? When will we see change? When will we see revival? When? Do not lose heart. God is not mocked. His word is true. There is a great, great, great thing awaiting those who believe. We've got to persevere. We've got to keep on. We've got to be on our knees. We've got to be praying, asking God, Lord, who today can I speak to? Who today can I bring the gospel to? Show us, lead us, direct us. 
He's our teacher. He's our advocate. He's our counselor. He's the great I am who lives inside of you. And he wants, he wants to see you walking like royalty, like a prince, like a queen. Lift your head up. <laughs> Lift your head up and walk like royalty. Nothing we do. The Bible says that they will know you by your love, by your fruits too. Absolutely by your fruits. Eh? Get angry and throw all your toys out the cross, out the cross, and they will know you by your fruit. Are you gentle? Are you patient? Are you kind? Are you long-suffering? And they will know us by our love. By our love. I couldn't help but watch, as we were still talking to the, the youngsters under the bridge, how more guys started coming, and they started hearing. And you know what attracted them? Was that love. Was that excitement. Was that... You know, we're not there to judge them. We're there to show them. Show them what they're missing. But sometimes you have to bring the law for them to understand why they need a savior. Do you understand that? Because if you just say Jesus loves you, they just think Jesus loves me regardless of everything I'm doing. He paid a price for them. He laid down his life for them. And on the street is not a place and not the plan he had for them. He wants to see families united. He wants to see children without fathers be united with their fathers again. This is our country. Ask God to help you, to give you a love for this country and grab somebody this week and talk to them about Jesus. Really talk to them about Jesus. He is the only answer for this world today. The only answer for the world today. Isaiah says he gives strength to the weary and increase of power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. And one we all love, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I am weak, then his strength makes me strong. If you are feeling tired, a little while ago he had me meditating on that scripture that says 
Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. For I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Why does he say, why does he say, this amazing king who has got fire in his eyes, but such a love, come to me when you labor and heavy laden. I, I often feel heavy laden. And then my kids will know I can get angry pretty quickly when I'm heavy laden. And yet the Lord says, come to me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart. You see, Jesus never points a finger, and he's never saying, why did you look at you? How could you? He's gentle. And he wants us, and he says to us twice in that scripture, rest. You will find rest, rest in me. We should not be worn out and tired people. We should be excited people. <laughs> we should be enthusiastic people. We should be on fire people. There's times, hey, we all get down at times. People that are close to me will know. I, I run to certain people very quickly when I'm feeling like that because I know they'll speak life into me. They'll speak hope into my situation. They'll help me to lift my head up again and carry on. We all need those kind of people. We need people that we can talk to. But let him be the one that you run to. Let him be the one whose knee you bow down to and say, Father, Jesus is the only way to the Father. Trust him and him alone. We've got lots of people in our church that help in the coffee bar, people that Mrs. Watkins is not here today, but Mrs. Watkins I'm going to say this because she's not here today, but Mrs. Watkins is an amazing old lady. She arrives here most Sundays. I'm actually surprised she's not here today. But do you know how many every year since I've been working here, she arrives with packets of knitted jerseys, packets of knitted jerseys for little children. And, and this year I took a whole lot up to escort. You know how cold it gets up there. Do you know how, um, how excited they were to receive those jerseys? There's a lot of people that sow, home cell leaders, connect group leaders. Do not grow weary. Keep on, keep on. God sees everything. He sees everything. The motive of your heart, if you're standing up to be seen by men, your motive's wrong. But if you're doing it because you know he loves me, how can I not? How can I not give a cup of coffee? To somebody because Jesus loves them. How can I not knit a jersey for somebody? Because I know somebody needs this. And that's your way of showing love. Don't discount 
the little thing you have. And Zechariah says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the little thing that you think that is inadequate and doesn't count for much. I don't know why I'm saying this. Maybe somebody needs to hear this. But God sees every little thing. He sees the smile that you give to somebody who is grumpy. He sees your sweetness when you say hello to the teller. He's everywhere you go, you shine for him, and you can make a difference in the lives of those around you, everywhere we go. Galatians 6 says, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being, and especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith, born-again believers. Do good. Doing good is synonymous with love. You cannot do good if you don't love. Our, um, one of our main scriptures, or our, our main scripture for farming God's way is Isaiah 58. And I'm going to end off with this. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh, then your light will break forth like the morning. Come on, hey? then your light will break forth. Don't just, it breaks forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. He loves you. So much. And he knows you intimately. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, not some of your ways, in all of your ways, trust him. And the Bible says, he will direct your paths. So until he comes back again, peace and grace be yours in the name of Jesus. Amen. Peace, you guys.